Hi friend, it's 2020. And let's be real, if you're anything like me, your life probably feels busy, crazy, and sometimes overwhelming. But even in the midst of the day-to-day, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself constantly longing for something deeper, something real? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if, you're not sure what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement in the midst of living, well, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm thankful you're listening today. The plan for this podcast in 2020 has been to talk about clarity around different issues, issues that are personal to me because I sometimes struggle with them. The idea being that maybe these topics will resonate with you too. This month, we're talking about living with confidence, even when fear or lies might be filling your head. Ironically, this episode I'm about to share was recorded several weeks ago, before coronavirus changed all of our lives, before fear became as much of a pandemic as the novel virus itself. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course but the Lord establishes their steps. My plan for 2020 did not include being quarantined. I'm guessing your plan didn't include that either. It didn't foresee a world with this kind of crazy change. And if you listened to last week's episode, you know that I'm processing all of this news and fear along with all of you. It's surreal. I've been telling a couple friends lately that I feel like one of those kids from the Narnia books, stepping through a door into a wintry unknown where everything looks familiar, but eerily different, where everything's just a little bit off and there's a menacing figure to be afraid of. You're not quite sure when it's going to appear, but also news of a heroic figure who is able I went back and listened to this week's episode, and as I was editing it, um, I listened to the conversation with this week's guest. She's a beautiful young woman who embodies confidence, joy, and a personality that commands a room. And I just felt it was still quite relevant. My friend Callie Lindsay is a successful world-traveling wedding photographer. She helps mentor other entrepreneurs and business owners. She is a Christ follower, and her work has been featured in different news outlets, including USA Today, The Knot, ABC News, BuzzFeed, and more. So even though the world may look a little different than it did even three or four weeks ago when Callie and I recorded this episode, I think it still has a lot of value for what we're going through today. I love that Callie and I discuss confidence that comes from alignment, and I hope that as you listen today, you are as encouraged as I was when I was listening to it during edits. So please welcome my friend, 
Callie Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me, Janelle. I am so honored to be here with you. (laughs) Callie, for those who listen to this podcast and want to know more about you after this interview is over, quick, tell me how they can find you before this we run into technical difficulties. (laughs) Well, as a stereotypical millennial, Instagram is probably my most connected source right now. So you can find me at Callie Lindsay or my website, CallieLindsay.com. Thank you. And how do you spell your name? C-A-L-L-I-E-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. Perfect. And you also have a website in case there's any brides listening and they are looking for a photographer. Aww. Is it CallieLindsay.com? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Just Google <laughs> like weird hedgehog owner in Tennessee and you will find me probably. <laughs> Did you say weird hedgehog owner? In Tennessee, yeah. <laughs> and Janelle, remind me, I, I'm sure you mentioned this at some point, but where is the best place to find your former podcasts and show notes and stuff like that? Asking for myself here. Yeah, yeah. It's JanelleWood.com. J-A-N-E-L-L. Yep. It's not phonetically correct, my name. So sometimes <laughs> I spell it. But most of the time I think, is there a Janelle Wood with an E at the end? Wood? I don't know. I'm sure there is, but I don't know if she has a website. So I just figured the same thing. People figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Kelly, I'm curious. Did you always know that you wanted to be a wedding photographer? And what led you into that industry? Great question, Janelle. I had no idea. And even now, I am not always sure about that. So like many things in life, you know, I feel like we have compasses, but not a full roadmap. And so the last 10 years have looked a lot like just following the compass and doing the next best thing. I started photographing things. And I say things because I was 15 years old and it started on a trip to New York City where I did some excellent artwork of pretzel carts and trash cans. <laughs> and it, it's I look back, I'm like, oh my goodness. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, as a teenage girl, my friends and myself like being photographed and slowly people started paying me to take pictures of them, which evolved into weddings and You know, I I have never shared this before, but up until this past year, for me, my business was very much a a means to an end. I, for many years, was just searching for the next best thing. Like, I never thought I'd be in wedding photography for long, but it's crazy. The past year, I have completely fallen in love with it, and which... I, like I even sound scandalous. I feel scandalous saying that because <laughs> it, it's gotten it gotten it got unexpectedly bigger than I I had ever thought it would be. But it's cool to look back and see. Wow, I had no idea what I was doing, but Jesus did. Like He kept positioning, and it encourages me for the future for not being so hesitant to make choices. I don't know if you've ever been in a season of paralysis of, is this the best thing to do? Is Where should I go? There's so many different options. And before we started recording, we had talked yeah. a little bit about in this generation where 100 years ago, you like owned the family cow business and that's what you knew what you were going to do. As uh, women, we are so 
privilege to have all these choices, but with that comes a deep responsibility to seek out Jesus. But I think I think he gives us a lot more freedom to choose than we even realize sometimes. So that's a very long answer to your question. <laughs> I did not always <laughs> want to be a photographer. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned the cow business because I have a friend who listens to this podcast who is in the cow business. So Janice, if you're listening, no problems that's with the cow cool. business. Had a cow farm. They, we had a cow farm in Tennessee too, so it was very good. Really? I would have just been like a meat maid yeah. hundred years ago. Yeah. Well, so I, I hear what you're saying, Kelly, because you're right. We have all of this stuff around us, so many opportunities and so often that it does create paralysis of analysis. You know, you're looking around and you think, oh my gosh, um, I'll never be as amazing as, you know, Kelly Lindsay at photography. So I might as well not even try. Or, you know, I'll never be as great as this person with writing or with speaking or whatever it is, or, you know, with the bakery, whatever, whatever we feel called to. And, um, and so we look for other things like what is something that I could be really special mm -hmm. in? And it creates um, a lot of insecurity and paralysis. Mm -hmm. So something that I really admire about you is your transparency. And it makes you very relatable. And I can see why your photography business exploded the way it did, because uh, you do have this um, really beautiful um, magnetic personality. Mm -hmm. And a few weeks ago, you shared a post on social media with two pictures mm -hmm. Um, I hope it's okay of that course, I bring this yes. up. Um, one, of, one of you taken a few years ago, and it was a really cute picture of you. You were in mid-direction. I think you were probably directing somebody, uh, maybe a bride and groom, I don't know. And another taken recently with you standing tall and strong. Mm -hmm. And the caption you wrote said this, and I'm just going to share it. Um, before and after. Before, a girl who felt like she didn't belong and made most of her decisions out of a place of shame. After, a gal who knows she is loved and slowly learned to make decisions out of a place of hope. My main takeaway over the last few years of deep transformation, shame is never a lasting catalyst for change. Shame says in order to belong, you need to blank, lose the pounds, achieve that thing, etc. It feels like pressure and striving and never quite hitting the invisible mark. Grace says you belong just as you are. And in knowing that you belong, you'll slowly become more of who you truly are. Grace changed everything for me. Mm -hmm. So, Kelly, first of all, uh, after I read that, I had to ask if you would come on <laughs> this podcast <laughs> to share how, uh, first of all, it was beautiful writing, but also how did you escape that cycle of shame and unworthiness to find genuine grace? Wow. Well, first off, I want you to read everything in my life from now on. <laughs> you beautiful voice. <laughs> you were talking. I was like, wait, did I write that? And it had nothing to do with the writing. It was your beautiful voice. So Janelle, that is such a good question. I think it's so important to note for, especially for women who are listening to this, who are hungry for transformation, for something deep, whether that's physical or in a relationship, something close to their heart, that this was a process and continues to be and Jesus is a lot more relaxed and on a slower timeline than I often find myself so I think like any great journey um this 
transformation started with just this kind of hunger inside of, is there more here? Is there something better? Is there, is there more I could be living out right now? And I think that's important to note to just listen to the hunger, not necessarily your like cravings or like um, impulse desires, but if there's something deep nagging within you, like listen to that because there's a, a very good chance that that could be God speaking to you. And I think he often just, he he changes us first by giving us hope for something we never thought was possible. So I had wrestled with um, a very intense eating disorder for about a decade of my life. And, and that before picture, I believe I was just about to enter a season where it, it came up again, loud and proud. And in that process, I, I learned that so much of what was driving my behavior wasn't necessarily body image related. Um, which I think we often, when we're looking at physical transformation, especially, we assume that, oh, like you want to be X amount of pounds or inches to receive something. And we make it very physical. But for me, it was this deep rooted self-hatred that actually came out of places that had very little to do with how I actually looked. And my binging and purging was just a manifestation, like an act that just reaffirmed that I was as bad and as unlovable as I thought that I was. And trust me, I did not have words for that at the time. But what really changed me on a deep level was exposure to, one, the love of God. Like, it sounds mysterious and almost impractical, but there were several moments along my journey where I experienced quite literally, and I say this hesitantly because there's many things in my life this hasn't happened for, but I experienced just deliverance from August, about a year and a half ago. I was driving home from a wedding. It was like five o'clock in the morning, which I never get up at five in the morning. So you already know it's a miracle that it happened. <laughs> and I was listening to an audiobook called Abba's Child by Brennan Manning, which I had never heard of before. And I don't remember what was said, but I remember in the course of about an hour, the desire to binge and perch that had completely plagued me my whole life went away and has gone away and has not, like I have not wanted to or done it since. And for somebody who's a bulimic for 10 years, like for that to happen was a miracle. However, what a lot of what that was, was God taking away my anesthetic. So I had to deal with what was actually under the surface there. And I had no idea what I was in for. It was a mess <laughs> and still continues to be. And I want to encourage women to who find themselves in a season after years and years of feeling like they had it together, who find themselves looking at the inside and asking, wow, is this, has it always been this crazy? I feel like in some ways an emotional infant. I feel like there's something God's removed from my life or um, an anesthetic that I held on to for so long that's gone. Um, and I, I'm actually experiencing pain and feeling and rawness for the first time. And I would encourage you, do not try to numb it again. Sit there because that is truth. For any transformation, 
that's going to be lasting, we need to have a commitment to truth, to telling ourselves the truth. Confession, the definition, literally just means agreeing with what is reality. And I'm not talking about truth just in like a whatever spiritual, this is true. I'm talking about truth in a, you're actually telling yourself the truth about how you feel about yourself and what's actually going on because so many of our addictions, whether that's food or um, endless scrolling, the things we used to numb are just forms of denial that keep us from getting to the real thing. So through a three-year process of learning and committing to truth and in that finding, there is a place for both you to be a work in progress, but also be deeply loved through community, through um, pe- safe people who see you mm-hmm. now, see who you were and see who you're becoming, who aren't afraid of the ish, who aren't afraid of <laughs> the mess. And um, it's very much a process. But what last thing I'll say about this, Chanel, I was one of those people who truly deep down believed that change was not possible for me. I... I felt so helpless, like such a victim when it came to my circumstances. And even today I was, I was writing in my journal, um, about like a, a recent issue that comes up just to show I have to constantly realign. I'm like, Lord, like, I feel like a victim here. I feel helpless. I feel frozen. I feel like I have no power and catching those thoughts mid action because so often they feel like our own voice. Cause in a way they are, but starting to question what I was telling myself and asking, wait, is this actually me? Is this actually most true about who I am? And it's a constant, if, if like people could see in my mind, it literally looks like World War II sometimes, but we're winning, <laughs> like we're winning. <laughs> um, but change is possible. And I'm not saying that in like a fluffy way, like a way I would have rolled my eyes at if somebody told me that a few years ago deep lasting freedom and change is possible. And it is my biggest desire to help other women see that you are not a victim. You have a choice here and we can own this in align with truth and transformation, deep lasting, real transformation is available. Mm -hmm. So good. I love that you mentioned Brennan Manning um, because have you seen the movie about Rich Mullins life? Uh, Ragmull. (laughs) <laughs> ragmuffin gospel uh ragamuffin gospel anyway it was based on some brendan manning stuff and i don't agree with all of his teachings but one of the things that's in the movie um i love this and i've actually thought of it many times since i heard it um and it kind of relates back to your point but um rich mullins is driving along and he's listening to a tape by this old-time preacher brendan manning and Brennan Manning is saying, um, I'm convinced that there will be one question and just one question when we stand before God one day. And the question will be, did you believe that I loved you? Mm. And um, it gives me goosebumps even to say that now. <laughs> All because... <laughs> over my body right now too. <laughs> <laughs> because it changes everything. Wow. Uh, what's the difference between somebody who grew up not believing in God and the difference between somebody who knew God at some point in their life, but doesn't really trust him now, it's that love. Do you believe that God loves you? Because if you do, it changes everything. 
And if you don't, right, you don't know what you're missing. And um, so anyway, I love that you started with that, that it was being confronted with the love of God and then um, mentioned that. I'm freaking out right now because you just said, I was one of those people who rolled my eyes at the love of God, believing that I could be delighted in and desired truly, not just because he felt sorry for me or because and as like a, a recovering Enneagram three, I'm like, I don't want it. If everybody <laughs> else just gets it. Like that's, I need to earn it. But what I, I truly believe this with almost everything, almost everything in me that there, it is more of a miracle to believe like in the story of the prodigal son that the father is looking for the guy who just spent every single one of his dollars, like went to Vegas, had a party, crazy, irresponsible. <laughs> He's he the father is looking. And just like we talked about a little bit earlier, like what brings the son back at first, and I hadn't noticed this until I heard a podcast by Dan Allender on repentance, which I highly recommend. So good. Um mm. what brings the son back at first is his hunger. He's hungry. Like literally he he's not being like, oh my gosh, I have sinned so deeply. I am, I need to repent. He's hungry and he thinks, wow, like it could, even just being a servant for my father could be better. And his hunger brings him home. And before the father, before the son can even say, let me be a servant, father puts the ring back on, gives him a hug, gives him a robe and says, everything that's mine is yours. Well, maybe that's later. I'm messing. I'm doing like a message version on this, <laughs> but he, he gives him a hug. <laughs> Welcome back. And you know, I it almost feels scandalous to even say, but I think that that picture of repentance, at least in my life, that is what that love, the father bringing me back before I even have time to take a Dave Ramsey class and like get the glitter off from Vegas and you know, like his love for me, that is what has brought deep true repentance. And it is scandalous to believe. I think that's why the gospel is so wild and so hard um, for so many people. Because for me, Janelle, it's more of a miracle to believe I'm loved right here in the middle of it all um, than to feel sorry and spend three to five business days like distancing myself from God in order to earn it back. But I love that yeah. you just said that. I'm so, ha- I'm so passionate uh, about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so good. And actually, it's funny. Right before... Um, well, a few hours ago when I was getting stuff done for today, um, I was preparing for a small group that I help lead a, a bunch of high school girls. Mm-hmm. And we're going through a little series by Francis Chan um, called Finding Truth. And uh, it's very similar to this podcast. You know, it's about finding something real. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about identity in tonight's uh, episode that we're watching. And One of the questions I had written down, because they have a couple of teenagers in the video who share about, you know, doing their own thing and then basically being confronted with tragedy or something happening in their life that they weren't expecting. One girl gets a DUI, another guy uh, like loses his football scholarship because he gets injured. And the question that I asked in one of the follow-up questions was, why is it that so often it's I can't remember how I phrased it, but why is it so often um, that there's a loss Mm -hmm. for people before they come to Jesus? And I think you just said what it is. He was hungry. They were hungry. Mm -hmm. 
hungry for something more than what this world offers. And it doesn't require perfection. It doesn't require having all the answers. It doesn't require knowing, uh, you know, all the Christianese or whatever, or striving. It just requires that surrender and saying, will you feed me? Will you feed me? And um, because what you offer is better. Um, I do want to ask you a tough question, though, Kelly, and I know you can answer it. So I went to your website Mm -hmm. and on one of the pages right there for everyone to see are your numbers, right? Mm -hmm. You have listed how old you were when you photographed your first wedding, 16. The number of wedding days you photographed since then, over 110. The number of friends and followers who like or follow you, over 25,000 along with your average weekly Trader Joe's wins, which is three. And I'd love to say that most of us would only be jealous of the Trader Joe's thing. But seriously, to the outside, someone might think, of course, Callie has confidence. She has it all. And it's easy for her because she's living the dream. Um, So how do you respond to that? And I'm sure as somebody who struggled with some of those same things, possibly, I think you can't speak to it. So would you? Hmm. I am so grateful that you asked this, Janelle, because literally that is what I would be thinking too. It's funny. I, I look at those numbers and other than the Trader Joe's, <laughs> most of them were accumulated during a season where I was not confident. I was looking for delight and this desire and affirmation, especially through the online world, because that was the only place I I knew where to get it. And one thing that I feel very compelled to share right now is that I've actually, some of those numbers have gone down since this season of walking in freedom. And Janelle, as like confidently as I can say, I don't really care. It is so weird. I cannot. <laughs> I and I know it's hard to communicate this just through voice and just through like a few minutes for someone who's probably never met me. Um, but what God has done is I'm almost in a situation now where I avoid opportunities that like provide that would provide the temptation to accumulate more numbers and in fact I you just mm. said, I'm like gonna take that off my website because not because I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave the Trader Joe's thing on um because I do think that I do think that um like credibility can be an important tool but can I tell you something I've actually don't think I've ever shared this out loud before mm. um, most of my I would I would say 90 percent of my paid work and income over the last few years has not come from followers, even things that went like viral. You, I think people assume or would think that there's money in that. For me, I, I had some, a shoot go viral a couple years ago where somebody told me like a lot of people saw it, like basically like the population of the United States, like across the world saw it. Um, <laughs> Yeah. It was a target picture, wasn't it? Yeah, the target, yeah, the target wedding. Uh, which I'm those things. It's weird. There's even like a, there's even just to be candid and vulnerable with you. As I mention those things now, I even feel a tinge of not shame, but just hesitancy to mention because those actions that yeah they accumulated some amount of like quant quantitative data. Um, mm. They 
they were done out of such a place of striving. And mm-hmm. I think it's just so important to note that, especially in a world where the currency is, um, we want to quantify everything. And we look at, oh, I, I bet they're an expert because they have X amount of whatever online, which um, I am. I have slowly been retraining myself to not do, um, which is possible. It is possible to actually value people for <laughs> more than what they can statistically like show you, uh, which is wild. <laughs> but, um, what I have learned is that like looking around, we have to be so careful the voices we're listening to because um, we don't know necessarily like if that new product launch or book or podcast is coming from a healthy place. And I have been blessed to walk alongside some friends who are doing the things who like I I used to want to really do, like the bestsellers and the whatever and gorgeous mansion dream homes. And I think we have to be so careful with what we define as blessing slash success and failure slash unsuccess this side of heaven. Because as I look back on some of the things that I was applauded for or not applauded for, I often see the more quiet mundane moments as truly like the most successful, obedient things. And if we are going to be believers who who truly like this is pretty crazy to think that we're citizens of a kingdom that's coming that's forever like this is wild stuff it sounds really weird saying out loud (laughs) but (laughs) there is this principle of being devoted to like secrecy not in a we don't share and as you've shown me Janelle and I hope that in some ways I can show like you can be vulnerable but still have like a sacred secret space where you are listening to the voice of God through truth. You're listening to people around you. And, um, and with that, it, it truly is possible to have this, this attitude of not indifference, not like, I don't care fully. Cause I, there's always going to be part of me that cares a little bit. And I, I put that in check mm-hmm. and I put people in my life who don't, care at all (laughs) if if I have something blow up or not blow up like they literally just don't care (laughs) which is so refreshing um but it's possible to live in a place where you are just so confident in um in like what the assignment that you're given to do today and you know it is from like the father's hand not to ever spiritualize it or whatever but just being confident in where you are to a place where it doesn't really matter anymore and I shared this a little bit earlier with you, but there's actually been an opportunity recently, which I can't share much about, where it looked like after kind of a year and a half of going silent, I didn't share much online the last year and a half because I felt really compelled to get back in that quiet place and align. Because my confidence, Janelle, my confidence comes from alignment. I can't find it any other way, personally. I need to know that... I am aligning my actions with truth and what is most true um, or else I'm just constantly in this like back and forth. But there was an opportunity that came up that um, I was in, invited to you that it looks like more public ministry than I've ever been involved in. And 
I was slash still a little bit am, even though I said yes just today after a week of, of really praying and seeking for it. Um, I'm going to do it. And just the fact that my heart is hesitant to do something that could bring more, whatever, more X money followers, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I'm just so grateful for God's grace to me. Because like a couple years ago, it would have been a no-brainer. And I would be looking for desire and fulfill- fulfillment through people that I was actually meant to be loving and serving. Well, I love what you said that your confidence comes from alignment with truth. Mm. It's so good. And I think for the girl who's listening um, or the woman, young or older, who might be listening to this and thinks that her confidence will come with success. um, I mean, even with you talking through this, you know, and processing out loud, maybe a little bit like (laughs) it's... It doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't, right? It just is a need for more maybe. And at a certain point you realize it's not ever going to be enough if that's where my confidence is going to come from because there's always something more. There's always another, as soon as something goes viral, a couple of days later, it's gone. Mm -hmm. And so um, I love that you shared all of that and I appreciate you being vulnerable. And um, if you want to leave your numbers up on your website, just go ahead. (laughs) That was not a call out like for you not to have that anymore. But um, I think we're always comparing a lot of us, you know, and struggling with that. And I like that you also said it will always be something that you struggle with because something that really helped me and set me free um, when I was considering, you know, starting a blog and then later starting a podcast was um, a leader, a um, a writer. He said, you know, there will always be dueling um, motivations for things and you have to be accepting of that, but then to look to the thing that really matters. Mm. And especially for somebody who's, um, and I'm, I'm not going to endorse the Enneagram, but I am a definitely a four. And Mm. so who has that wing three, (laughs) you know, who's, you know, striving, who's naturally like, uh, born to like do those kind of things. Mm. I, I feel, um, it's very easy for me to get in that mode of, I, I want to create and show and prove and um, to just go, okay, what is my motivation? And sometimes it's a daily check. It's mm-hmm. a daily check of, okay, am I going to post this to get a bunch of likes or am I going to post this because it might encourage somebody right now? Am I going to do this podcast because it's going to bring glory to God or am I doing it, you know, because I have to or whatever it is. And sometimes um, when the answer doesn't line up with truth, I have to sit back and like what you were saying about going to the quiet place and remembering that what is done in secret, that should always be done before it goes public, right? And I remember Beth Moore saying that, you know, whatever you show up and do from the pulpit or do from the speaker podium should have been something that was already birthed in the quiet. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that. So um, are there any practical tips or tools that have helped you overcome that um, insecurity or, um, comparison trap? Yes. Committing to identifying voices that speak truth in my life and listening to them and being very, very, very selective about other voices that I, that might be great, perfectly beautiful, truthful voices. (laughs) So, and, and here's the thing. This is where I'm so hesitant. I think a lot of people would tell you, yeah, like unfollow, don't 
don't listen to them, like go there. But I love some, you said it a little bit earlier about that Brendan Manning book where you, you said, mm-hmm. I don't agree with everything you said, but I read it. And Janelle, I felt the same way about that book. I, and I was really hesitant. There was a, oh, like, can I, this is like, is this good? <laughs> but I, I believe like there's such a, we need to be listening to people that we disagree with. Yes. And that's why I'm so hesitant. To Absolutely. Just because that is where for me personally, God like speaks to me clearly through them because as they're talking, I'm seeking like what is true and beautiful and glorious. And, and I even, I, I told someone, I'm like, I don't agree with anything I say most of the time. So, mm-hmm. Like what's next? <laughs> but, um, but keeping that humility and not just going like a, on an unfollow, I'm not listening, but if you do not have people who are in your real life, who know you, you're like the bad things, the good things, who are in community with you speaking into your life, run, like do not walk, run to find those people. And I, I know what it's like to be in a region and I have several friends who are in like an area where it doesn't feel like that's possible, but because we have faith, I I believe that like God, He has given us everything we need for life and for godliness and and if we seek Him for those things, like He will provide those resources. Yes, there might be a gap right now, but ask and seek and say, I need people who are dedicated to telling me the truth here. Um, and just for me, mm-hmm. I, I it's so it's so practical. And so like, we all talk about doing it to the point where it almost feels like nobody does it. We just talk about not doing it. But notice the change for me when it came to my online scrolling habits wasn't with knowing that I should be doing better. Cause that's what shame says. It's like, you should be doing better. How could, how could you do this? Why are you on here? Like, and however, has it ever actually changed anything about your habits? Nope. What changed for me <laughs> was noticing what is the fruit of this time? Literally, after I have shut my phone off and have been scrolling Instagram for 30 minutes mindlessly, I just started asking, how do I actually feel right now? Do I feel empty? And I'm like, I did most of the time. And I didn't want that feeling, Janelle. And so in a way, that was almost like a hunger for for more. So I think um, just like unediting ourselves and asking what is the fruit of every given thing I'm doing right now like does this lead to peace and the third thing would be the mindset shift of Jenny Allen just had a book come out it's called get out of your head and I just am buying it everybody like you're getting it everyone's getting it as a Christmas present because it's based on the (laughs) thought the interrupting thought that you have a choice and even today, a couple hours before we got on this, I literally just like stopped myself in the middle of my family room and my mind was rolling about something. I was like, Callie, you have a choice. Like you have tools available and resources available at your disposal. You are not a victim here. So that is maybe not practical, but just that thought, if, if anybody could just like go get Jenny's book and, and hear that thought, you have a choice. Like just mm-hmm. insert that into your emotion, into your moments. And um, and like, don't be afraid to be needy. Like what you said, you said something earlier, it was so beautiful. It was like the greatest need that we need is need. Like blessed mm-hmm. are the poor in spirit and pa- being willing to, even as a 
as a 20-something, 30-something, 40-something-year-old woman who, quote-unquote, should have their stuff together, like, who has <laughs> ever said that? Like, like he he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the spirit. So I am in a constant state of neediness and asking and ironically have never been more full and um, mm. able to give more. It's such a paradox. That's a great question. Do you have any tools mm. or tips that have been helpful for you? Janelle? Oh my gosh. Well, I, it's funny. Um, I think you might, you and I might've shared or talked a little bit about this, but, um, I had been listening to, and I still listen to some of these episodes, um, a podcast by John Mark Comer and Jefferson Bethke, uh, fight hustle and hurry. And what you were saying earlier, it was that whole idea of what is the fruit Mm. of this going to bring, um, they talk about that. And I think it's episode number three. It's so good. And it's just like, instead of, is this right? Or is this wrong? Is scrolling right? Is it wrong? What is going to come from this? What is it doing for my character? Mm. What is it creating in me? And um, I was reading a business book a few weeks ago and just reading the introduction and the author had written something I thought was so powerful. He said, knowing, but not doing is the same thing as not knowing. And you had mentioned, you know, like it just brings shame, right? When we know and then we don't do and we're like, ah, but it's like, we don't really know mm-hmm. until we put like test the waters and see, wow, there's something different when I do this with my time instead of this. Or when I stop this thought and say, no, I have the choice not to believe this lie anymore. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's definitely just even listening to that podcast. That's a recent resource for me. And then again, just Going back to truth, because I love what you just said about, um, you know, so often it's like we want to narrow our focus and only listen to certain people or only talk to certain people or only get information from certain people. And even I I joked about the Enneagram earlier. It's because somebody uh, had reached out to me and said, did you know this Enneagram is a terrible thing? (laughs) Well, from somebody who, uh, you know, I have a master's in counseling and I love the Myers-Briggs. I think there's a lot of great personality assessments out there. Um, But I also can see where it becomes crazy. You know, when we, when we fix our eyes on things other than truth, other than Christ and other than uh, the word of God, and we allow something else to be our compass, um, everything gets kind of cloudy. But when we use things as tools mm-hmm. versus an idol, it can be a great thing. And um, as far as the Enneagram goes, uh, if you don't know what that is, uh, feel free to look it up. You're also welcome to look at the origins and send me emails about it. I don't know. <laughs> it may be horrible. I don't know. I, I, you know, the jury's still out on that. But I will say that it helped me with my husband, you know, for years, it's bothered me that he won't stand up to certain people about things. And um, then come to find out he's a total peacemaker, you know, and as I was reading the description to him, we're like, this is exactly how you process, you filter through life. So I just feel like you don't have to be 100% on whether it's a political candidate or, um, you know, Brennan Manning or a preacher, this or that, but we can find things. And as they align to truth from God's word, it's like, yes, this is awesome. This helps me in this area. And um, so that's just a little tangent on that. <laughs> I think that's helped me because it it can be so black and we can get so black and white. And even, you know, on social media now with the algorithms, you know, we can only see things that align with whatever, whatever the powers that be think will will fit into our worldview. And I just say, 
No, we want to hear other people's perspectives. We want to know other things. And I have found so many good things from secular, you know, speakers and psychologists and different things. And I'm like, wow, this is biblical. Even comedians, you know, I've watched people on um, CK, who is it? Louis, Louis CK, you know, who's mm-hmm. now been disgraced, but he used to be on Conan O'Brien and he would say things that were honestly a theology lesson. I would sit there and think, you're, everything is true about what you're saying, except that you forgot about Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. the end. So anyway, uh, I think having confidence to know where our confidence comes from and what you said is right on. It comes from alignment with truth. We're afraid. Um, I think a lot of that fear of listening to people who disagree with us is often, mm-hmm. just for me, like an over-spiritualized self-protection because, mm-hmm. yeah, I can uh, – we disagree, but what's really going on in my heart is, oh my gosh, like, are they going to make it? Like, am I going to make it? Like, can we be wrong mm-hmm. about something and still be loved and still be going to heaven? And lo- like, like that was honestly, yeah. just to be kind of, that was what was going on in my heart. Like this deep insecurity of being wrong ever. And mm-hmm. realizing once you, once you start looking back and realize, holy smokes, I have been wrong a lot. Like, and and realize that <laughs> it's okay. Like that freedom to be wrong, ironically, has led to so much confidence in me. So as opposed to like yeah. calculating every move and whenever something doesn't quote unquote perform well, which is weird because I haven't even put anything out there to perform well <laughs> recently. <laughs> like I haven't even tried. Uh, but like when it doesn't perform well, realizing, hey, that's okay. I love Bob Goff because he just says, failure is a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like, like this should be normal and, and letting other people fail and, and giving other people permission to like change their mind because it's not our commitment to truth or us necessarily being right, even though I think truth is so important. It's what changes us is like the width of somebody else with us. Like mm-hmm. God with us changes us more than him just saying scripture and like leaving. Like what has changed me is Jesus with me. And, and in turn, very practically in relationships. Um, yesterday, I was having a, a great conversation with a very, very, very good friend who I adore. And we were talking about something that we landed on different sides of the track on. I don't even know if that's a phrase. Obviously, I don't play football. <laughs> but um, and, and usually, yeah. you know, like I sensed it in myself, like, this uneasiness of, oh my gosh, if they don't know the truth, like, which question, Callie, like, are you, have you asked yourself, like, is there something I could be wrong about here? But what I realized in that moment was that person nor myself needed the quote unquote right answer. We needed someone Mm. just with us, like being there in the middle and saying, hey, this is okay. Like, we disagree here, but I trust your heart. I love believes all things and hopes all things. And so Mm -hmm. I trust your heart and them giving the grace to do that to me too. That's what changes us. This would be a whole other conversation for like outrage culture and politics, but (laughs) I know, I think you definitely are going to need to come back on this podcast at some point later on this year. (laughs) I'm learning so much from you too. Like, wow, this is so good. So in your, like what has like, if I can ask you, 
what has <laughs> I'm, I just want to know about yeah like I you are like a, a big sis and have been through so much more than I have I like I crave your wisdom what for you like the journey of growing and confidence like has there have there been any mindset shift changes or like one mindset shift change or something that happened that like either gave you more confidence or confidence or changed your perspective on confidence or I think um we each carry around something like a tape you know in the back of our heads it's this thing that plays over and over again and um for some of us it's different things uh for me it's not enough Hmm. and it's interesting um that we're talking about how much God loves us and where that real, like that is where confidence comes from. I remember a few years ago, I was at a women's retreat and there was a speaker who was up there and she was talking and, um, and I think I was sitting there thinking, man, someday I would love to, to do something like that or whatever, you know, but I was really struggling with, um, God, do you really love me? Hmm. Do you really love me? And at the end of her talk, she had uh, people go up or go, it was actually go behind. And there was a table full of cards of things that um, she's like, you know, grab a card. It's something uh, to remember of who you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first of all, I was like, because uh, I tend to be more skeptical of <laughs> different <laughs> tactics. You know, I'm always looking for what's the angle here. And um, I was <laughs> Yeah, are you trying to get me to buy your book? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was sitting there and thinking, oh, Lord, I just want to know that I'm loved. Mm. I just want to know that it's enough. You know, not that I'm enough, but that because of you, um, it's enough. And uh, it's done. It's finished. And so I went up. I grabbed a card. I came and I sat back down. And I looked at it. And it said loved. Mm. And um, yeah. I just, you know, like, <laughs> How many of those cards said loved? <laughs> right? The lady next to me didn't get one that said loved. But seriously, like so often I'm like doubting. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a doubter. You know, I have that. And today, actually, I'm gearing up to do a, a speaking engagement of all things. Mm-hmm. And um, I was looking up abide because as I was praying and asking God, you know, okay, Lord, you alone know what these women need to hear. And um, what is it? And I felt like just on my heart, the word abide. And so I went to look it up and abide means um, to be obedient, to fall in line, basically to submit. And you will not submit to that which you do not believe. Hmm. And for me, um, one of the best Bible studies that ever just did like a shift in my heart um, was Believing God by Beth Moore. And it was believing that he is who he says he is, that I can be who he says I am. And it changes, right? She says some other things, but honestly, that was the beginning for me was when I started actually questioning, like, do I actually believe him? Because if I believe him, then that changes everything. And that's the foundation. And if I believe he is who he says he is, then God is love. He loves me, just like what you're saying. And so when I find myself playing that tape from, you know, years ago when people that I loved walked out of my life, um, I remember, okay, this is who he is. This is who I am. It always starts with him. Hmm. And if I hold on to that, then I can get through, you know, whatever lies that 
because I think, and this is another conversation, this podcast might have to be too, I don't know, <laughs> but you know, it, the enemy wants to stop us from doing the thing that we're called to do. And whatever that is, you know, whether it's, um, you know, doing a podcast, whether it's going and loving the person next door who's got a fever or whether it's, you know, taking care of kids with dirty diapers, you know, it's like whatever, like he wants to create chaos. He wants to create um, fear that we're not enough, that we can't do it. And it's just a constant. um, I think Stephen Furtick has a great sermon on this about talk yourself into it. Like tell, if you know the truth, tell it to yourself. You know, you don't need someone else. I used to go around thinking, okay, Lord, just let me hear a word from you, which sometimes I still do. I think, oh God, I just want to hear from you. And God's like, scripture is right in front of you, Janelle. Tell yourself the truth is, you you don't need someone else to remind you. You've got it. You have it. Men. So preach it to yourself. Preach it to yourself. And like, if somebody came over to my home during any given morning between the hours of like eight and 11, they would think I was freaking crazy. I, as somebody who didn't really speak out loud, like in my quiet time before this past year, I am constantly like talking out loud to myself and that you just (laughs) said it so well. It's true. Like question, question what feels most true to you because if it is not in alignment, if it's coming out of cynicism and I'm a very cynical person too, Janelle, like I get it, Mm -hmm. like doubt. And I think for, especially in our age, like that is one of the biggest, biggest enemies of hope. So I'm constantly like, speaking to myself out loud it sounds freaking crazy but it brings power and I I always take an opportunity to like do it for others the more I learn the more I've seen how much like actually even just blessing myself there's oh I can't believe I'm recommending this oh my gosh um (laughs) okay like everything we just said like take it with a grain of salt but there's called blessing your spirit and you know what I read one of those out loud to myself every morning and Janelle like Mm. when we when we speak truth, like life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I, I yeah. don't necessarily think that's just like in a metaphorical way. I think there's something to be said for this. And maybe science will in a hundred years show us like that's true. But I, I love what you said. It's true. And even if I don't feel it, it's true. And I'm not given a power of fear, but of self-mastery, mm-hmm. and power and love. And, and if, any, if God's going to be on your side for anything, like, He's, he's good. He promises to answer the prayers that align with his word. And if you are seeking truth and victory over those thoughts that, of course, the enemy's going to say, of course, it's true. Give up. You've gone too far. Like, why even try? Um, fight. Freaking fight. Because, like, Jesus paid for it. Sorry, that was like a very charismatic moment. But <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> he paid for it. Like, God would have not sent his son and paid it all. Like if it wasn't possible and said these things, the most impossible thing has been done. And oh, I know, I know what it is like to be in those moments where it, you know, like it almost feels unbearable how true this thing feels, you know, or how, how much of a victim you are, how much this is like, you are incapable. Um, Pause and ask, wait, 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 is there a possibility here that maybe this isn't true? And it's a, it's a, it's a constant rewiring of our brains. Yeah. Oh, I love that. 
Okay, so Callie, um, Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards redemption or restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love of those four gifts that we can find in Jesus Christ. Which of those stand out to you the most in your life right now and why? Redemption, because it is something I'm in the middle of. It is, redemption is very messy. And and in fact, by its definition, it requires a mess (laughs) to even happen. Mm -hmm. But believing that there's something in the Psalms that's kept coming to mind even today, like with him is plentiful redemption and daring to believe the miracle that perhaps even now, like 10 years into being known by Jesus and and following him, there's some things that look way more messy than they did when I even started out. Isn't that funny how it goes? But believing God, like you promised, you are committed to my redemption because like your name's on the line. You put your name on the line here. You say that you will take care of your kids. And I I surrender my agenda to you of what that looks like. I surrender my timeline, but I know that you like will redeem, you will redeem everything. And you're an expert at making like the things that you never thought were possible, like to resurrect into something really beautiful. So I would say redemption in my own like messiness and sin and, and those questions of okay, I know I'm forgiven, but am I, like, did I, did I disqualify myself from something here? And I'm just reminded that the only qualification is faith (laughs) and need, like, like without faith, it's impossible to please him without believing him at his word. Like if, if we do everything wrong, but we believe that he is who he says he is and, and is going to do what he said he'll do, we've, got it right and there's redemption in that Hmm. I love that it reminds me of that verse in Chronicles which I'm totally gonna butcher right now but it says the eyes of the Lord search I think it's search the whole earth uh, for hearts that are fully devoted to him and Hmm. um, it's not any effort on our part you know it's just choosing to trust him so Hmm. Kelly thank you so much for being here today um, for your wisdom Um, you're very wise and I appreciate, uh, learning from you and, uh, all the questions that you ask too. I, I love it. And I'm excited for your new adventures too. So hopefully we'll have you on here again and thank you very much. Thank you, Janelle. I could talk to you for hours, literally hours. (laughs) I think so too. I feel like we're soul sisters. So until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, please hit subscribe and come back next week when we talk with another guest about their story towards finding something real and having clarity through detours and distractions. Per usual, you can follow along on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood or using the hashtag finding something real. And of course, you can also sign up for the free clarity resources that go along with this current series by heading over to my website at JanelleWood.com. Remember, friend, you are loved and have a purpose. Until next time.